What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. We're all very welcome back to the show. We took a little all-star break ourselves uh, from recording. Uh, re- re- refreshed the batteries ahead of the uh, crunch time in the NBA, moving on from the all-star game. Before we get into today's show, I just want to thank you all so much for listening, making this your first podcast for NBA coverage. Remember, you're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. You're on Apple Podcasts. You're on Spotify. Leave that five-star review. You do that. We'll keep producing that content. On today's show, we're going to be debunking a couple of the narratives heading into uh, closing time in the NBA season. We'll be looking at who could be the biggest risers and fallers in the standings uh, ahead of the playoffs. There's also a little trade rumor that we might want to discuss. But before we get into all of that, Chris, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Um you know, I feel like one of our hallmarks of this podcast is talking trades and like the trade deadline is passed and somehow you still got another trade for me to talk about. So I, I full disclosure, I have no idea we're going with that. I'm excited for it. But uh, yeah, things are good. It's still cold, still February, waiting for that springtime, waiting for some uh, actual basketball. Um, I know you wanted to talk a little about the all-star break, but I'll be fully honest. This is the second year in a row where I've tuned out of it and I'm so much better for it. It's always such a waste of a weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Obviously, yeah, like kind of like outside of the the like the Steph Steph and Sabrina. That was that that was fun. That 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 little contest. That was a uh, that was the fun part of the weekend. And uh, I what I just took from the whole thing is that it was cool to see Indiana taking over, and the Pacers kind of sure. just thinking this is our moment. Like the Pacers guys, they dominated that skills. The skills gone. Matherin was in the Rising Stars. He dominated Halliburton in the All Star game. He dominated. Like that was cool to see. That was like part of their their rise towards being a team that's going to be a playoff team over over the next few yeah. years, That uh, I feel. But yeah, again, All-Star game, just a bore. As much as no one tries, I, I do have to mention, like, Luka Doncic, like, what oh he does God. out there is just, yeah. that's that's pathetic. Like, he should not be voted as an All-Star. Like, that's how bad he is. Like, at least, like, Steph LeBron, like, at least they ran a couple of times. Luka, I don't even think he broke into a walk. He literally <laughs> stepped. Like, that was, like, that was really 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 bad from him that was yeah they need to fix that it's just not like fans are like no one is interested in watching the game really like people who like i talk to who are like fans of the game like people love the competition people love like obviously it's cool to see the stars play but it's better to see stars compete and mm-hmm. past couple of years i feel like engagement has been down the gun the dunk contest has been kind of it's like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. It hasn't been good since then. It's been years since that's been good. It's not LeBron's fault, so it's, it's cool. <laughs> and skill, oh my, and going back to skills challenge real quick, like Scotty Barnes, bro. <laughs> Dude, what, like, point Scotty? He can't even dribble the ball <laughs> through, through, a, through a court. Like, come on, man. Like that, I was thinking about tuning in, and then I saw that. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on it, and I'm glad I didn't waste my time on it. Spent some good family time. Caught a couple highlights. Yeah, the Sabrina thing was cool. Sabrina Curry thing, for sure. Uh, But, yeah, they need to fix that, man. I I don't know how you do it without, like, making the stakes a little bit too much because it would be kind of hard to introduce, like, all right, now the All-Star game will have, like, seating implications or, like, home court implications or something like that. But that's probably the only thing that's going to make, like, teams – make players care about it mm-hmm. you know i don't know maybe, maybe it's like the champion i i think you know i've heard this idea a couple times imagine the winner of the western versus eastern conference 
they get the home court advantage and the championship. Mm-hmm. So those like top players are like, hey, if we make it there, you know, we want the that sort of thing. So maybe I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, they they, they have to they have to do something because at this stage you're kind of looking at it like it's almost a pointless thing to actually have the game. Maybe just do the the dunk and that those sort of things. Like the game is kind of that's that's an afterthought. No one really cares about it. The, the guys don't try. Like they have to do something. And I'll, I'll give uh, Adam Silver. I, I I trust that he he could find a way to try and make it more competitive. As tough as tough as uh, it probably is, I I believe in him as a a leader in the NBA to be able to make a decision that could help uh, help make it a bit more competitive for sure. Yeah, he, he, I mean he's definitely you can tell that he was not super happy about it. Um, but you know that's what you're gonna get. No changes are made. Um, and that's a narrative that will definitely continue on. That is, and uh, continuing on with that, uh, I got, I got, I got a few that I just wanted to talk about. A few that I, a few that I have, I have a little rant to go on about, uh, about one thing, and then I have another couple that uh, are just interesting as we, as we go into the second half of the season. All right, let it out, I'll start off with it with a one that I, I agree with, and that is that okay. the Knicks' season is going to be killed by injuries, and I agree with that. Hearing Randall come out saying he's still considering the surgery, that's that's a big worry. That that's still on his mind. That that's still looking like a likely possibility. Hearing OG feel the need to come out and say that he'll be back before the end of the season. I I was thinking he was going to be back in a couple of weeks. Now he's saying, oh, I think he'll be back before the end of the season. That means he's also still a long term absentee. Robinson's still a long term absentee. Hartenstein is is starting to get niggles, and and that's a huge blow. He's going to be in and out of the team. That really kills them. So as much as it kills me to say it, I I think I agree with that narrative that the injuries are going to have taken their toll on this Knicks team, and it's going to be a bit of a a bit of a slug in the second half of the season. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time before you get more. I won't blame those. I mean, I kind of will blame those on Tibbs, but the next guy up, like when is DiVincenzo going to be hurt? Like, well, he did have a little knock. I think he's back. I think he's questionable. He's questionable for tonight. I mean, dude has been averaging like what, like 38, 40 minutes over the past like 10 games. Am I, am I exaggerating? I, I I don't think I'm exaggerating. Like, like a lot, especially is... when Brunson went down. Oh yeah. Like it was, yeah. it, was, it was a lot. And that's your full speed guy. Like Dante is like a guy. I feel like that ideally he's playing like, 25 really hard minutes 28 really hard minutes but he's doing that for 40 minutes that guy is not going going to last and like the next depth right now i think is is a really big uh plus for them they they got they they got a lot of guys that are really filling in their roles nicely at this very moment but if tibbs doesn't kind of balance things out and really try to like get these guys to survive the long haul yeah that's absolutely right and that is going to be such a hallmark of Tibbs as a coach if this season with the momentum you guys have ends with more injuries and I don't think it's unfair to say that the way he handles minutes is going to be a major reason why that's happened yeah yeah for sure obviously like you obviously can't put it down to like some of the stuff like obviously the uh the random one that was just a freak injury that the way that that uh that that happened like you're not going to put that one down to minutes but yeah there's certain niggles and those sort of things you can definitely put down to minutes like the how he just refuses to ever take out his starters, no matter what the score is in games. Like he'll keep his starters out there until there's like ten seconds to go. Like that's just the, uh, that's just his style. It's the way it is. But it's not really the modern style, and that's something that we know it leads to a, uh, leads to more injuries. And it's just, it's tough. But that it just it just feels so nicks. Like some something like this had to happen to just derail what uh, 
would appear to be so great after making the OG chain the rate and the run that they were on. Hopefully it's not as bad as I'm thinking, but they're somewhere in the middle, I think, in terms of like uh, difficulty of schedule for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, they're kind of mid middle. We're gonna need Brunson to keep on doing his thing. I think if Hartenstein is able to stay healthy, that's a big plus for us because when he's not there, that's a that's a real big gap that that uh that he leaves. Like obviously he's filled in superbly for for Mitchell Robinson a lot better than I think a lot of us even thought that he that he would have. So hopefully his niggles are are behind him. Maybe if he's out tonight, maybe then he's back and 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 he's within the team. But it's gonna be tough for them to uh. I think like there's, there's, it wouldn't be crazy if they ended up falling down towards the playing the way that the the other teams that how close it is and the injuries they're facing. That listen, my friend, you can say a little more positive than that. I don't, I don't think the Knicks are going to fall that far, and, and I feel like they're cemented in the top five the way they've been playing, the effort they've been bringing. Uh, another, I mean, another injury could definitely derail them. Like a major, in, I mean, if Brunson goes down, then obviously, like that. If that's what you're predicting, I mean, for sure, then things are really looking great. But I, I think they have enough momentum now. They're, they're not going to fall into the play-in. Um, have we done our Irish word of the day for a while? So I, I needed to find – so a niggle, that's like – what are we talking here? What is like a little minor injury. A, a minor a minor injury, like something – a lingering injury that like he'll be <laughs> – He'll he'll come back for two games and then he'll be out again with the same injury and, and that sort of thing will keep on that that sort of trend will keep going. That's a, what, that, what, that's is, what is like the end threshold of a niggle? Is it like if it's torn, then it's then it goes from a niggle to a what what's what's the next level? Of it's like it's like I said, injury. like it, they have the same injury the whole time, but they'll come back and play games and then they'll be out again. But it will be the same injury the whole time. Like it's just a li- kind of like a ling- a lingering injury. It's not a major injury. It's not keeping them out consistently for a long period of time. It's just that it stays there and it's you play a couple of games and you're out a couple of games, you play a couple of games, you're out a couple of games, and, and it's that same injury the whole time. It's such a good word. It's it's like a it's almost like a Dr. Seuss word. <laughs> like you, you could write a book about all the all the players Tom Thibodeau has given Niggles. You could a you very could. long, very long book. Yes, yeah, so that would, that, would, that might be too long. I don't know if anyone would be uh, willing to read through all of that. That's uh, definitely a long list. But yeah, like I said. Injury is gonna kill the next season. I think it's it's more likely than it isn't. Let's just hope they get they get who they can to stay healthy. Hopefully, OG Mitchell Robinson, Randall, they're kind of long term absentees. But the if the rest of the squad can stay together, then they uh, then they they still have a hope. Yeah. Next, this is just an interesting one. The, the way that it, the way that it's talked about, right? So this bear with me with this, right? The mm-hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. Are talked about as a team that are like scraping in the playing, the way that they're they're criticized for how much they're struggling and how bad they are, when in reality they're the number three seed. While the Lakers and the Warriors are spoken in the light of a team just a little bit off that are ready to make a big finish and like possibly finish in like the top three, top four seeds. Like we're all guilty of it, but it's it just seems absolutely not here. Okay, maybe not you. I'm definitely guilty of it, and and the wider media is definitely guilty of it. Like they they berate the books like they're they're struggling to play and they might not even get in the playoffs. No, they're the number three seed and there's probably a good chance they finish as the number two seed still. And the Lakers and the Warriors, they're the team that are down in ninth and tenth in the West. And the way that the like the, the narrative is like that they almost have a better chance of doing something in the playoffs than the books do. And it, it's just it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I it it is ridiculous, but I think that it's 
It's fair given what we've come to expect from the Bucks. It's fair given the the defensive presence that they've put out there in the league that they've been so good for so long. And yes, they did lose Drew Holiday. Yes, they did change coaches. Yes, they've not had Chris Middleton fully healthy. And yes, you have Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. But I think that that defensive inconsistency throughout the year for a team that is trying to make their way back to a championship. And and I guess, it, you know, it is a Steph Curry, LeBron thing for sure. I, I think that that's kind of, that's kind of against them. So I, I do agree where it's like the Warriors do. And I'm going to be guilty for this on this pod because I, I am, I am for non Steph Curry reasons positive about the Warriors again, but I do think, the second you see some good stuff from the Lakers, the Warriors, it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Things are good. But the second, like, this, the Celtics could lose, like, two games in a row, and then the whole league would be like, are they for real? Should we break up Jalen Brown? and Jay-? Like, stuff like that. Like, the, the Celtics and the Bucks get way too, way too criticized compared to what they've accomplished. So that's for sure. Um, but I don't think it's really helped the, the inconsistencies and kind of the – what has happened with them getting Griffin there and then he gets fired and all the things you hear from that. Like, did you read that Giannis interview with the athletic? Like, I know, the stuff he was saying, yeah. just wild about like how he was talking about like how he had to be more vocal about drawing up plays and like talking in, in film room and like, and, and basically just straight up without exactly saying this sentence, like, I had to coach this team because Adrian Griffin wasn't coaching this team. And like, I've never seen Giannis swear this much in a singular interview, but just like just F bombs everywhere about how frustrated he was. And like, he's not a very explicit dude. So like he just the, the drama that's gone on in the season for a team that's supposed to be like a bona fide contender, I think has you know, driven that narrative, but that's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to, I'm not the one out here handing out the Lakers freebie uh, praise. I'm telling you that for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I'm absolutely guilty of it. It was just when I kind of sat back and looked at it, especially like after the books when they lost to, uh, to the Grizzlies there, the last game before, for all-star break, obviously, which was a, a horrendous loss. It was just funny, but like I actually went in and looked at it and like the books start the starting five, the books want to have, which is obviously Lopez, Giannis, Middleton, Dame and Beasley. Offense, 123. Defense, 107.7. Uh, net rating, 15.3. In terms of lineups that have played over 500 minutes this uh, this season, they'd be number one in net rating, number one in defense, and only the Denver Nuggets starting five is better in offense. So like the re- there is something there. It's so huge if they can get Middleton back and be healthy for the playoffs. Like the, I still think that they have the potential to figure it out, and maybe, maybe Dame and Giannis have just been fooling us all year. Maybe we'll get to the playoffs and they'll finally start playing pick and rolls all all the time. Like maybe they're just holding back that little bit. Maybe they'll 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 have time to figure it out. As much as they are a championship or bust, like it's not the end of the world. No, sorry, I won't say that. It is the end of the world if they don't at least <laughs> yeah. get to the to the finals this year. They 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 they've yeah. gone all in on it. They have to. That that's the that's the benchmark for them, but. There is something there. Like you, you, you look at the stats. You do a deeper dive. Like there, there is, there is a lot still there. It's not all yeah. doom and gloom, and I think 
they're yeah. going to have a good a good finish. They're going to come good, especially leading towards the playoffs. I feel like they're going to start really putting things together, and I I think that rumors of their of their demise has been have been great greatly exaggerated. Yeah, I, I think that, and I I'm looking forward to this. Like we're we're working on something for looking at the Bucks defense a little bit more in depth because if you just look at the broader view of Doc Rivers' time there, they have been a lot better defensively. I believe I want to say they're now 11th uh, defense rating with him. Um, their offense has sunk down a little bit, but you know that's also pretty all star break stuff. So a lot, a lot of statistical noise over the past 15 games are a little bit difficult to track when it's all star stuff. But uh, I think defensively, um, just to give a little preview, I, I think there are some things that, even though that that looks like a good number, I'm worried about them in the playoffs, given Beasley and Dame, and what you see from Beasley and Dame constantly. And that number, I think, is purely based on what you get from Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, one of the best drop defenders in the league in the pick and roll. Giannis, one of the best, like the best, not one of the best, the best weak side rim protector in the league. And if you play a team that's not putting together a playoff level um, game plan to break that down, then yeah, they can survive. But I, I, I'm really curious if that, how badly that gets broken open in a playoff situation. And you just have to look as far as like that most recent Miami game and performances mm -hmm. like that, where it's like, it's not just effort. It's not like, oh, they just beat us. They're working harder. It's like, no, personnel-wise, that five could not handle two movement shooters, DHOs, and Bam Adebayo playing point center. Pretty simple stuff. I mean, I mean to, to be fair, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero has been on a really, really good stretch of late, but they just completely dismantled the the Bucks defense at times with that starting five. So we'll we'll see we'll see in the future. I mean, end of the day, big picture. Bucks, I think are I mean, they are they still need to be there's no question that they are true contenders and that they have the potential to do that. And every team has kind of their question marks. And it's funny that the Celtics have really avoided that this season. They've been so good. There's been so little questions about them. Some minor questions about the Nuggets here and there have had a handful of like questionable losses. But Really, like who who's been the perfect contender all season long? Not not to segue to the Celtics all of a sudden, but I, I think really had very little questions about the Celtics. Where Bucks, ton of questions. Seventy Sixers always a health question. Um, then you look over West, like I thought the Warriors were going to be the team this year. They're not. Lakers are mm -hmm. not. Um, Suns, tons of questions. Clippers have their questions. Suns always are going to have their questions. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's it's true that like the, the perfect the perfect contender, like the closest thing is. Uh, is what Boston have done, but even then, they, we've seen them have some, some bad losses, and and in in like the biggest kind of moments when you're really expecting them to to set to set a marker, they've kind of uh, they've kind of come up short in certain situations. But yeah, like like you said, like there's no there's no perfect contender, and as long as they're a top three, like they're going to be a top three seed in the East, and like that they're they're going to be fine with that. And I would still look in the East and just say that Boston, yeah, Boston probably beat the Bucks in a in a seven game series. Outside of that, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to back any of the other uh, other teams in the East at this moment to definitely to definitely go down and take the, take down the books. So I just think uh, maybe not. Maybe like okay, it's justified to go hard, and then we believed when when they got Giannis, they had like the best duo in the league, and they were going to really romp uh, in the regular season. Maybe they just need a little bit more time to figure it out, and maybe when we get closer to the playoff time, they they'll uh, they'll have got closer to figuring it out, and they'll be playing a bit better. Maybe Dame's shot is kind of a uh, 
improved a bit. Hopefully that will run in the in the All Star game. Maybe if everyone just stops playing defense in in uh, the regular <laughs> yeah. season, his shot will come back to normal. You know. Yeah, I think maybe this is a, a also a little bit of credit to Terry Stotts and how Terry really set Dame up for success in Portland. Um, the way he ran the offense for him and how things were a lot easier for him. But this is like it's a different situation. It's a different roster. It's a different running mate. You're a different situation where you're not like the guy and not everything's run for you. But I, I think at least Giannis has said all the right things about really emphasizing Dame is the guy in the fort. Like they, they, it's his team. He said it himself. It's his team. We're gonna trust him down the stretch, so I think that'll mean. Yeah, that, that's when it becomes scary. That's like that's why you want the, when Giannis is not the vocal point, and look what like Giannis might be able to, to just just destroy teams that they're not they're they're not so focused on not on Giannis. Like that that opens things up for him to uh to a degree, which is just insane to think about. And that's why the books still are uh, still are that that contender. Okay, final narrative: the Minnesota Timberwolves are a fake one seed. They're either going to fall off in the second half of the season or they're going to go down early in the playoffs. I disagree with this so much. Like this, this really annoys me. This is a this is a really, really good Minnesota Timberwolves team. I'm not going to go ahead and label them the, the number one uh, team to, to win the uh, the NBA Finals, but outside of that, I'm, I'm all in on them. They're, they're 30, 39 and 16. They have 27 games left. They're going to get pretty close to, if not beat, their all-time uh, regular season record, which is 58-24. and 24. They've got Anthony Edwards averaging 26-5-5. Five and five. We know he's a guy that grows when it gets to the playoffs. He's a guy that shows up when the lights are brightest. They've got a guy in Cat who's a 20-point-per-game scorer who can shoot 40% from three uh, as, his, as his number two scorer. They've got an elite defense, not just Rudy Gobert. They got got McDaniel's as well. Connolly can still hold his own. When Anthony Edwards is just on ball defending and one on one, he he can be great. Yeah, he struggles a bit when he's switching and there's there's too much to do. He can struggle in those sort of situations. But when it's just one on one, if you just set him a target, you just stop this guy from scoring. He is he's a very good defender in those sort of situations. You've got Nas Reed and Alexander who work really hard off the bench and really add a lot in terms of. In terms of defense, they've got four players shooting 39% or better with over two makes from three a game. Like, they have a really legitimate eight-man rotation. Like, this Timberwolves team is really good. People need to stop questioning them because they are going to come good this year. They are going to win at least one playoff series, if not more, depending on how the seedings work out. But this team is legit, and I think the reason why they have are really thriving this year is because Ant is growing and I think we're going to see him grow again in this in the playoff environment and maybe going to run like we saw with Luca after his uh, his third experience in the playoffs. I, I'm like, I'm so split on this, man, because I have been so happy with how the Timberwolves have been this season and like the benchmark keeps going up and up and the narrative about them is no longer like, hey you guys need to be good it's like hey you guys need to close games like you guys are the best team in the west you guys need to be more responsible in the floor and you like need to shape up your offense in those clutch moments it's it's really figuring out the the finer details of a contending team um which is awesome like for ant to be this good for cat to have his resurgence for the defense to really work out and for gobert to have a resurgent season as well Conley getting his extension, still being really a, a uh, like really cornerstone of this offense and both on both ends of the floor. I mean, they, they don't do this without Conley, I don't think. 
It's all well and good, man. But I've seen too many times these specific players, Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Conley, you know, disappear at times in the playoffs. And that is particularly worrying to me if you end up facing the Warriors or the Lakers, a.k.a. you're facing LeBron or Curry in a seven-game series. And I I feel like it's it's like a almost too good to be true moment. And like this is not this is no hate for Minnesota. Like I, I'm there with Minnesota. I want Minnesota to advance. But Minnesota fans gotta be lying to themselves if they look at that matchup and they're not like, ooh, I hope we don't find a way to screw this up. Because the, the thing is, we haven't seen it in the playoff scenario successfully yet. Um, we know what it looked like when they when they came that close against Memphis a couple of years ago. But to see it with Gobert. That that's one thing I'm curious about. Does this defense hold up um, with Gobert out there, with a lot of movement on the perimeter like you get with the Warriors? I think if they face the Lakers right now, like that, I I I'm okay with that. I think they win that. Um, but just the the confounding variable of the perimeter action you get from the Warriors and just the amount of shooters that could come and go, um, it it is it is kind of a scary position to be in. And then there's gonna be so many teams, so many people. Uh, that would come out and be like, yeah, see, I never believed in the Timberwolves. Yeah, they're a fake playoff team. But no, I, I think they're legit, but they, they still need to prove themselves and specific players on this team, including Ant himself, need mm-hmm. to prove that this is where they belong. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably fair. I will say, at least on Cat, I know that like that two years, obviously last year he just wasn't healthy. Two two years ago against in that Grizzly series, like his offense held up in, in the playoffs. Like he still shot 40% from three, still averaged 22 points per game. I get what yeah, you mean. Me, like show me cert- his fourth quarter. Show me. His yeah, yeah. Like it, like certain yeah. moments is not is not good, but I, at least you know that I think especially the the growth from Ant. I think you, you know that the the ball is going to be with him, and you get that extra bit of control from uh from Conley, which I think helps. And I think being able to kind of bubble wrap uh, Conley a bit in the rest of this uh, regular season with bringing in Monty Maris, like that's that's going to be really uh, really important for them. But like I know it's a big thing where you kind of have to grow with young teams. You got to grow in the playoffs, and like you have to do go through your your losing after winning one one playoff series first, and then you go and next year maybe you get to the conference finals, and you have to grow. But we've seen recently, like the the Golden State Warriors in uh, twenty fifteen, they they got they won a title after going out in the first round. The Suns did ten years of nothing, and then they went to the NBA finals straight off the bat. The Mavs. Where back-to-back first-round exits, and they went to the to the conference final. So, like, it is possible that a team kind of merge in, in in a year. Like, they 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 had a year last year to figure things out. They, they made some good moves, getting rid of D'Lo, getting in Mike Connolly. Like, they've improved, and I think Ant is obviously still a guy who's growing. But the belief that I have in him makes me believe in this in this Timberwolves team and the the growth that I've seen from some of the other guys like uh, Alexander Walker, like, like Nas Reed, like um, McDaniels, like that, that, that makes me believe in this team. And I think it, it's just, it's just a slap in the face how good they've been to call them like a fake one seed or like that, that, that they don't deserve to be in this and, and that you know, you're, they're going to fall off. Like that's, that's just playing on history there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. And I think that big picture too, just thinking about those teams you mentioned, like this season in particular out in the West, um, three new faces really to, to worry about in the T Wolves, Thunder, and the Pelicans. I mean, Pelicans who have had really, really good form as of late. And kind of the Clippers um, too. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and the Clippers. Yeah, you, I mean, you forget that. Uh, you, you 
kind of just assume, oh, you got Harden, you got Kawhi. But I guess new new faces in general, like the team itself, sure. But the the faces there are, they they should be there. But um, T Wolves are legit. Let's stop. Let's stop with the hate and let's go. Let's just yeah. T Wolves, back me up here. Go and go and at least match your all time uh, regular season record. Let's uh, let's show let's show that the the world that uh, that you mean business. Before we get into the biggest risers and fallers in the uh, final part of the season. I was going to mention the trade real quick. Okay. What rumors I've been seeing, obviously it came out after the trade deadline that Trey Young might be more available in a trade scenario than maybe a DeJounte Murray or anyone else within the Atlanta Hawks. Seeing that, should the San Antonio Spurs go all in to try and get a guy like Trey Young to pair with Wemby? Uh, convince me. I'm not convinced. My immediate answer is no, but convince me. Um, I'll just say absolutely elite playmaker, probably the best playmaker that's going to be available in the next five years in the in the league. And the biggest thing that it appears they need alongside Wemby is is that playmaking. Yes. Obviously, downside, he doesn't play defense. He has not really shown his ability to to get out of his comfort zone, to kind of work that a little bit harder. Maybe that changes under a coach like Greg Popovich. Maybe it changes in a scenario where he's not the number one guy. But those are the negatives. But in terms of the playmaking that he offers, the scoring punch that he offers, uh, that alongside a Webinyama, that would be kind of scary. The hmm, Because you could argue that besides Chet, Gobert, um, what a mile, I mean, not even a mile center. Like, there, there are very few guys you could truly cover up for Trey Young. Um, and that's not even to mention like having perimeter guys also to help cover up. Uh, Webb and Yama for what he brings to the defensive end could really be somebody that could cover up for that. And what Trey could do to really set up Webb and Yama for success, like that. That is something, I mean, we, we can make a whole highlight reel of, of missed uh, drop-down passes, missed post-ups, missed lobs, just so many missed opportunities for Webb and Yama to score. Um, and, he's, and he's still, was he averaging now lately, 26 a game in the last, like, 25 games or so? Like, in that, the scoring pace he's on now without a true playmaker, and if you add in Trey Young, a really, really tough perimeter threat, and he's had a great form to relate to, I, I mean, I when you say the words like "go all in," what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Go all in. I mean, what are like you talking here. Being realistic, the Hawks are going to want a big pack of Trey Young. You're gonna, you have to think they're going to have the top three, top three pick this year. I'm not trading that for Trey Young. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's 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 fairly fair. You 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 wouldn't you wouldn't trade that up. You think you could get a, a better fit for for Rudy and or for Rudy for for Webinyama in there? Man, I, that's. Do I want to give up a top three pick for a guy who I know plays one end of the floor and has only shown me one time where he has been competitive in the playoffs? Um, I don't know. He's I mean, as a two it, guy though, he'd be coming in as a two guy. Which that that yeah, does how many change. Times it. Has he done that? How many times has he done that? Yeah, like, no, he hasn't done it, and yeah. maybe it maybe won't fit. But that 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 is that is a, a mentality side of it. That's a, a another way of. Uh, of thinking about it in, in that sort of sense. And maybe if you offer them 
they end up with a top three pick and they offer that to to the, just that to uh and maybe like other pieces to make the money work like would that be enough mm-hmm. to get it I, I think the thing that we that happens so often in this league is and you can take anthony davis and the uh, pelicans as a perfect example is teams that don't trust the process and be smart with their assets and build over time teams that are too that go too all in all at once around their young star run out of assets aren't built for the long term and then you're all of a sudden like six years later like uh yeah we've done nothing with this top whatever player for webby's case i mean i i I mean, too. Like next year, is he not like he he could have an argument very soon to be a top ten player? I in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, he's not there right now, but like he's pretty darn close. So yeah, I, I think it's very easy to make this the the case that hey, you guys need to really shape up and like trade now. But it just seems like too soon. And Trey Young, Trey Young's not the guy where I'm like, oh, that fixes everything. But I I think he is a guy who could do that. If if you're not trading, if you're trading like future firsts. If you trade them back, <laughs> giving them back their picks, sure, okay, maybe, but I, I, I'm not giving up. I, I just can't. I can't imagine a GM giving up a uh, asset that valuable, a top three pick for a guy who has honestly been at best polarizing the past two years. What if they were to slip? What if they made this trade after the lottery was done and they were like eighth? That would be such terrible. I mean, they're gonna probably have the worst luck. Uh, I mean, they have second worst strength of schedule. I mean, they got they, Web and they, Yama. They, no, they, they deserve. They, 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 they have the, the worst they could have is a fourth pick. The worst they could have this year is a fourth pick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your your call is your you make the call. You say you're do, too too early to, pick, to go out. I, and they, the worst they, chance. They don't need I, the worst chance. I have fourth pick. I'm not trading the fourth pick for Trey Young. No. I I okay. say no. Thank you. I I think Trey's a great player. Uh, if if you want to do future firsts, you want your picks back. You want to do players. Then, then we'll talk. But uh, that's yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah, and you're giving up one of your young wings as well. That's probably another stopping point. You're giving up um, at least um, one of a cell or um, or someone else. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give part ways with a cell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. That's fair. 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 Fair point. All right. Let's finish it out then. Biggest risers. Biggest fallers. Uh, for the rest of the season. We want to start with the the risers or the fathers. Let, let's just show. I'll start with the history first... lesson. Ah, uh, history lesson. That? Okay, go. So, and and I think this is really instructive. Um, in the past decade, how many teams do you think went from being out of the playoffs? So this is this is the pre uh, pre play in period. So out of the eighth spot and going up in the standings to in the playoffs. Um, past decade, seven. Zero. Wow. Zero. The only team that made a jump was the 2015-16 Charlotte Hornets, led by Prime Kemba. Uh, can you say Prime Nicholas Batum? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just Nicholas Batum. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, so they were 27 and 26. They were the eighth seed, and they jumped all the way up to the sixth seed. And they ended their season 48 and 34 best season they've had since now maybe we'll ever have hey lamelo maybe we'll see warriors are sitting right now in a very similar actually exact same position they were they are now 27 26 going to the all-star break 
but they are 10th, but now we are in the play-in period. And I want to know what you think of their recent play. Um, right now, they have the fifth easiest remaining strength of schedule. They're 9-5 and five with Pajemski starting. Kaminga's made a fantastic difference, and he's been getting serious minutes. Um, Wiggins looks like he wants to play basketball. Draymond Green has looked really solid. Um, Clay, I think, doesn't mind playing the bench. I mean, he just jumps. Yeah, he's, he's, gone, he's gone to the bench now, and he's averaging 30 a game. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the vibe is very different right now for the past 10, 15 games or so. I, If I have to bet on anybody moving up, uh, despite our little history lesson that that doesn't happen, uh, right now they're sitting at 10th, but – I think that they're way better talent-wise than their record shows. I think their defensive potential is way higher than it's been, uh, especially now that they, if you can get Wiggins reengaged, if Draymond Green is not going to punch anyone else in the face, that's huge. Um, I think that if I'm going to pick someone in the West, it's got to be that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's fair. I think, obviously, you'd be confident them getting the – W tonight against the Lakers. The Lakers don't have LeBron James. Uh, they're also without a couple of a couple of other guys' injuries as well. So I think they have a good chance to gain at least one game back on the Lakers. Uh, uh, tonight they are in a strong position. They're looking great. Like the big thing is like Kaminga continues the form that he's on. Like this that raises the bar for this team significantly. And like it kind of feels like the last while. Like another whole thing with like when Draymond's within in the team, it just it really just brightens the whole place for the Warriors. It really does take them to a to a different level. As much as like you you want to like it's I, I've been a big critic of, of Draymond. You've always been a guy who's who's praised him. And I think yeah you're probably you're probably right. Like when when he's there and when he's playing the the team has more success. That's that that's that's what we've seen over the last like what 10, 10 or 12 games. They've gone on a little run and, and Draymond's been a key part of that. Obviously Steph's still doing Steph things. You you need that. The only worry that you would have is the the couple of collapses that they have had were were bad. Like that one against the Clippers was really bad. Like that, that that was such a good game until Clay did that. Like they they worked their butts off to really get get back. And yeah, I know they the, the Clippers were down. It was uh, like no Kawhi, and then when PG went down, and they still had that lead, and then they still managed to blow it. Like I get the Clippers are still a good team. Like they made the yeah. Paolo made some huge shots for them, but it was still it was still a bad L. But on the whole. You look at that Warriors team, and you look what that what the schedule that they've got coming up. You believe, yeah, I think that's that, that's fair. If it wouldn't be crazy to see them knocking on the door of uh of the the seventh seed, if not higher. Yeah, yeah, I I think that um and this will talk about the people who could fall. Um, I think there's only really one major team. Um, but just back on the Clippers game, I think one dude like the Clippers. I think they they show that their depth can throw punches. Mm-hmm. Like if Norman Powell is one of those guys that can just get on a heater and like, especially PG going down, like Norm, you do you feed this guy when he's on one and like he's gonna deliver. Um, this has not been consistent over the past couple of years, but I mean, I think the Clippers are really showing their form. Um, but the way the Warriors responded, the way they continued to hustle, the way they continued to fight defensively, the way that they really responded shot for shot as. Norman Powell is draining threes. Well, here's Brandon Pajimski. And here's some Kaminga. And Curry's still going to be doing his thing. And then you put Clay in for a clutch situation. And 
I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin, man. I I think this is where hey Clay, like you you're you need to ball off the bench, mm-hmm. and if if Clay really responds well to this and he takes advantage of it and like maybe this takes some pressure off of him, maybe he doesn't need maybe this is really a moment where he's like all right I don't need to be prime Clay, like people will still respect me. Maybe he respects himself more for it, can be a leader in that way. Like if if that if that thing can settle itself down and clay can be a productive very good bench player and just get efficient there i think that really changes a huge dynamic of this team in yeah. a major way um, yeah no that's definitely fair i just wanted one quick thing Pazimski, Pazim, like what a pickup he was dude what did we say what did we say when we were doing our pre-draft uh and we we're looking at Pajinski and we, we were projecting him like i, I feel like he it was anywhere between like twenty and twenty seven ish, and then he where did he go? Like seventeen, he was in the late teens to, to mm-hmm. the Warriors. Um, and I remember he didn't even get drafted. And we were like, dude, this is the exact kind of guy that the Warriors are gonna snag late, and we're gonna be like, why the hell did anyone let him go to the Warriors? And here we go. <laughs> like he's perfect there. The way he he does everything, fighting for rebounds, and he's really added such a important facet of their offense it's not just Draymond Green in the short pick and roll it's not just Steph Curry whether he's running pick and roll or he's just breaking down the defense with his off ball movement now Brandon Pajemski you can break someone down off the dribble you can play in the pick and roll you can do kind of the similar role where you have not you have multiple playmakers on the court now and he's someone that that's kind of fit ironically I mean he's fit way better than Chris Paul has I mean I I've been very wrong on how <laughs> that would have been a benefit to them but um yeah for rookie to be making the impact he's making um with his play is is fantastic it's unbelievable mm-hmm. really who could fall who could that, fall? i mean if someone's gonna rise who's gonna fall i have my answer i i think the pelicans huh and eh, i'm gonna say wrong no way I, I, really I, I think the, the pelicans are currently six they're three and a half games clear of uh of the ninth seed, which is the Lakers, their their main lineup, their like their starting lineup, their Valanciuna, CJ Ingram, Zion, Herb Jones is a is a net rating of minus two point four. True. They're still still trying to figure things out a bit. I maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, thinking they're gonna they're gonna drop off, and maybe I'm putting too much. Belief in in the likes of the the Mavs and the and, and the Lakers and the Warriors to kind of do better, but uh, yeah, there's just something within that that Pelicans team that I could just see a, a, a small things could creep in that could that could that could uh, lead them to drop yeah. them down. I mean, I, I will say like the the starting lineup, um, a lot of that over the course of the season. I mean, if we filtered out like the first 20, 25 games where things were a little bit rocky and mm-hmm. you know that adjustment period, I think that that adjustment period was tough for them. Um, I wonder what that what that lineup's net rating would be if you look just the second half of the season. Because just in the last 20 games, I mean, they're sixth in offense, they're ninth in defense, and we're seeing production across the board. We're seeing things flow a lot better with the ball being in Zion's hands again. And, you know, they have all the tools to continue to compete. And I, I, I feel really strongly about that. And I've, I've felt that way for years now, just – we just need to see it come to fruition down the stretch. Cause I mean, CJ has really accepted his role in a big way. I don't see the, the conflict of interest with, you know, Brandon Ingram accepting a secondary role, which I feel like he has. Zion's team. Brandon Ingram is still your clutch shooter, but 
that this is this is Zion's team. Um, and the wing the wings they got, the wing depth, I I think that's just I believe too much in the players on this team and what they can do defensively to, to think they're gonna sink more than the most obvious answer, Ronan. The Sacramento Kings. Okay, yeah. Well, they got the eighth, well, they have the eighth seed now too, but yeah, okay. They are now the eighth seed. I mean, the team that going in the offseason, we're really big on the continuity piece. Keegan Murray getting better, them building on what they did last year, a historical season. I mean, we talked years ago about, oh my God, the Jazz making the best offense in the league. And then all of a sudden last year, Sacramento Kings just blowing that out of the water. Um, and then they've been 500 the last 20 games. And that shows the net rating, which is a nice big fat zero. Lost to the Pistons. Kind of feeling average. Mm-hmm. Things not really flowing in a way that they should for a team that went toe-to-toe with the Warriors last year. And what I felt was the most exciting matchup in the playoffs that we saw. Um, a team that, you know, you really felt that the next year would get better. It was only really their first year of like really pushing for the playoffs like that. I don't, I don't see, I, I see the staleness there. Um, Keegan Murray, he's coming along. I mean, he, he really had a great surge in December 17.2 points per game in December, 17.7 points in January. Topped that off with 33 on the Heat and then kind of just coasting the All Star break. Eight games, but eight points per game. Um, I'm not sure if his resurgence is going to be that big X factor that we expected. Um, I think if any team's going to fall, I think Sacramento might fall and they might be in the plan. Well, the Warriors ride this wave, make their way up. But I think that would be a very fascinating uh, rematch if you end up seeing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think obviously it's, it's just funny to think that there's a good chance we could end up seeing the Lakers face the Warriors and the, in the playing again, which is a, is definitely a fun one. Is definitely going to be a fun one. And if we, we could see the, the Warriors and the Kings too, like it's definitely, it's going to be interesting. That battle, I think the six to the 10 seed in the West is such an interesting battle for me. I, I believe the Suns will have enough to, to, to sustain their, their top five push. And maybe if the Mavs, the Mavs look good in the early stages after making those moves, is that if they stay healthy, that, that continues. Maybe they could make a little push to get into the, into the top six, but uh, it's, it's definitely a lot more open there that that six to ten race in the west than than it is in the east. Yeah. Hey, where where'd you put your soapbox? Because you were so ready to tell me that the the Mavs are the best team in the world after they beat the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Okay. Let's let's just relax here. You saw, I, I saw that stat. <laughs> I just saw that stat, and I was just like, if that continues to any sort of realistic level, that that is a huge difference maker for them, which is true. Yeah, they yeah, they beat the Thunder and that that as well. They did they did the job. Did a a, a good job beating the being the Thunder. Obviously it's only three games, but the moves look to be good. They they fill the gap that they, they needed to fill. And maybe that it'll just be a quick burst when uh, new guys come in that, that can happen and then we'll see a drop off. Maybe that'll be the case. But maybe Kyrie and Luca will stay healthy and maybe it will continue to to look good because when those two are healthy and those two are clicking, they're uh, they're for they're a force we reckon with, especially especially in the regular season. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to find you the, the text that you sent me. Uh, it, <laughs> oh, what was it? Oh, it, the post. The post said. So for the season, Mavs are 19th defensive rating, 23rd in rebounding. With PJ and Daniel, Mavs are first in defensive rating, first in rebounding. 
And this is why, folks, if you are watching the news, if you are doing anything and someone throws a stat at you, look it up. Look it up. Because people use stats all the time to force. We talked about narratives earlier, right? That's a one crazy narrative. In three games, fan, you want to throw stats at me? Their defensive rating in three games, one of which was against the Charlotte Hornets. Get out of here, man. It wasn't even you. It was, it was that post that I was like, come Matt, on. I didn't <laughs> say that they they, they were going to stay as the number one yeah. the number one defense. I know, but even just the suggestion I was just saying if there was, was any – if that had, was any – if that was real in any sort of way, that was the point I was making. Yeah. If there was any sort of actually genuine realness to that, to that stat, that makes a huge difference for, for the Mavericks. And, that, yeah. and I think that is true. I, I I do also I I do to that point I do think it's true that the the personnel change definitely matters and um early days but it I mean what what it, what was I saying I, I was a little bit critical before um about what we see out of PJ Washington and I I let me see that for more than three games okay but I mean the effort looks different looks better and his size is a Definitely bigger factor than Grant Williams. Um, I'm still a Grant Williams guy, and look, he's balling out in Charlotte. Defense looks better in Charlotte. Um, maybe Charlotte make a jump too in three games. Let, let's check their defensive rating and offensive rating in three games. Um, but I, I do think that Gafford really like it, again, like the the strides that they're going to make just with the size and athleticism that they've added from those two guys and getting Derek Lively healthy. I definitely think that at Seven seed, they can move up. They have the ninth easiest remaining strength of schedule. Um, and now that you have that dynamic of injecting more athleticism, more size, you know, the middle, you're not going to have, you know, Grant Williams as the guy stepping into the middle as you have, you know, the NBA's athletes cutting past Doncic and riding to the rim. Like you have Derek Lively stepping in there. You got Gafford stepping in there. You got PJ Washington stepping in there now. Um, and that's not even to mention, you know, how, how that may even continue to get better with Calibra out there, with, um, with all the guys. I, I'm excited. I, I do think they could get better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's flip it over to the Eastern Conference. Uh, my, my riser, I think the Indiana Pacers can go from the sixth seed to the fourth seed in the East. The mm. Knicks and the, and the 76ers are injured. Halliburton is back healthy. Siakam is well settled. Hopefully, Neesmith's injury, I know he's picked up a little knock. Hopefully, that's not too serious. They're ready to make a charge, whereas the 76ers and Knicks are hurt, and that's going to affect them in, in, in a stronger way, and I think the, the, the Pacers are in a position to take advantage of that. Yeah, and I, I like the I like that pick, um, and it is it is sad because a lot of it's going to have to do with injuries. Yeah. Um, I think we, we definitely see this new dynamic of Siakam being in there and what he can do with the ball. It's not all going to be in Halliburton. It's not all going to be like super fast, high octane. Like we just need to score off the break or else we're not going to score like down the stretch, see him have the ball and he can do something with it and that they don't have, they don't have too many creators that can do that. Um, and I think it's exciting to to see that gel over the next 20, 30 games. How, I mean, if, if they're going to make that push, I guess my question with them is, you know, where do you see them going in a first-time playoff run? What are their chances of making it out of the first round? 
in the matchup. Fourth seed that gets. They're the fourth seed that 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 opens it up if they're facing. Miami. Yeah, like they 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 can push they can push the Knicks or 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 the uh, yeah or the Sixers in a series for sure, especially if both neither of those teams are are fully healthy. If Embiid's just after coming back, uh, if if they if the Knicks don't have Randall, they don't if they only have like one of Randall and OG like that 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 that, that Pacers team could definitely. Can definitely roll over one of those teams. Will they get by a, a Milwaukee or or a, or or a set or a Boston in a seven game series at, at this stage? No, but I make that pick uh, mainly because I think even like watching them when Halliburton was injured and even when he was back in that time time restriction, and there was three or four games that they could have won if Halliburton was on the court because there was times in the clutch when the ball was in Nemhar's hand and everything was just so chaotic. And it was just he—he he was dribbling faster than his brain was working, and they ultimately messed it up. And I was just thinking, like, if that was Halliburton, they would have had a far, far better chance of of uh, of, of nicking wins in those uh, in those sort of situations. Now that he's back, and like just moving on from the buzz that that was generated around All Star Weekend, I just feel like they're going to be ready for a strong finish to the season. And I think they also have an easier strength of schedule than uh, both the Knicks and Seventy Sixers. Yeah, it's true. Um, I thought the easy answer was just the Miami Heat, but I need to explain. <laughs> yeah, just the Miami Heat, but no, nah, they're, they're 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 I think I think they're staying. I think they're gonna stay in the plan to be honest. They they could. Um, I, I've I've liked some recent stuff I've seen, and it hasn't it hasn't fully translated to results. But um, when we look at Bam, and we look at what he's doing from a playmaking perspective. Alongside Jovic, alongside uh, especially Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, um, the way those two guys, those three synergize, it's it's some beautiful basketball, and it's Warriors esque, honestly. the the way The way that they run screens off each other, the way that Bam and them, they they just really have a very um, tight connection. They know where, where Bam is going to be rolling. Duncan Robinson knows. I mean, Duncan Robinson has made such strides um, as a driver, really putting the ball on the floor, even with his left. I mean, just getting to the middle, getting to the lob, the way he's playing off of Tyler Hero, both of them in uh, stagger screen actions. You don't know sometimes, like, which one's getting the ball, which one's running the ball. Is Bam going to drive right after? Is he going to fake that? Like, there's so many options that they've had off of those three guys. And then Jovic having some moments too. Like, is that going to be their next Caleb Martin? Is he going to show up in a playoff series? And, like, is he going to be the guy that the Celtics are going to hate forever because he's the one who puts the nail in the coffin? Like, stuff like that. I, I just see – I see too many little flashes there right now when they're super undermanned that I I have rejuvenated faith in, in that system. Yeah, um, like, as always, can Offensive flashes. Yeah. You can't you can't rule out the heat. It's just you're just a fool if you're if you're doing that. The, the difference in the the heat and like compared to like a uh, the Kings in the uh, in the same spot in the in the West is that the heat can only go up. Yeah. The like the 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 playing race in the in the uh, in in the East stops at eight. Like 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 it's it, they have they have their top eight is set like that. That's just the way it is. Like the Hawks and the Bulls, they're not they're not or the Nets, they're not making a run to. Uh, to get above or uh, above above the heat or the magic, that's that's just not happening. So it's it's just it's a nice little a bit easier knowing that you're pretty much you're only looking up, and that's always that's always a good thing, and that's that could that could benefit Miami. Yeah, I I'm really 
really curious how, how that's going to go. If I would love to see an Orlando Miami Heat play in scenario. I mean, they just bludgeoned Orlando earlier. Uh, very, 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 very key moment where I feel like Miami just like reminds Orlando, like, hey, this is our state. This is Florida's basketball team, like stuff like that. And they're still big brother. And Orlando still has to keep up a little bit. And that would be a very fun uh, matchup to see. Just stay in the East. And I don't have any other risers, but just a little update on your Cavs. Cavs are 18 and 2 their last 20 games and enough set like they continue to be great not good they continue to be great and they're the hottest team in the nba right now hands down and they are a team that no one's talking about yeah. no one's talking about the fact that the Cavs are 18 they, they are the hottest team in the nba nobody has not talked about them yet um and maybe they kind of miss their moment like the pacers have their moment the Cavs, you know people are Still doubting on them, but I mean, again, we're talking about narratives today, but I think the narrative needs to, people need to start talking about the Cavs because that's a team that is starting to show that they know how to play together, they know how to win, and they're going to keep winning. Yeah, but like I said before, it's just the reason why the narrative is the way around the Cavs is everyone's waiting to the playoffs because they crapped out so hard last year. I know like other teams like Timberwolves, like they didn't do anything to playoffs last year. There's other teams that, that crapped out the playoffs last year too, but after having such a good regular season last year, finishing as the as the three seed in the East, and then just crapping out so bad in, in the playoffs. That's why I think they're not being talked about, and that's why everyone's kind of just on a wait and see with them, wait and see how they perform when they get to the playoffs. That's just the way, that's the way that it is, unfortunately. Have we got a, got a follower in the East, or are we, are we down there? I I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to beat down on your Knicks or the 76ers. I, I did... I did feel you're like that. you're feeling yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's you're fair. not you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I, I wasn't gonna rub it in your face. You're having too much of a good time over there. Okay, okay. I think I think that's fair. Well, like if you didn't want to ruin my day, maybe then I, I can I can go ahead and ruin, ruin your it day. For yourself. I, no, not ruin it for myself. I'm gonna ruin your day instead because I got a I got a quiz for you to finish things off. Uh okay. Let's now, do it. There we go, there we go. So Always got to always got to finish with a bit of fun, more more so for me than for Chris. Yes. But it's always there, uh, so it, we always get a good a good laugh out of doing this. So, uh, might be easy, might be hard. We'll see. We'll see how you go with this. Can you name the ten players that have seventy or more forty point games in their career? Seventy or more. Seventy or more forty point games. Um. Okay. Kobe. Kobe, yeah, number three, 122. LeBron. LeBron, number eight, 75. Michael Jordan. Number two, 173. Um, Shaq. No. Oh. Okay, Wilt. Wilt, of course, leads the way, 271. Hakeem. Hakeem, no. No. Um, 70 or more. Um history i'm gonna need to get like bill simmons uh nba history book to start acing these quizzes um 70 or more there there's some major ones um so hakeem not hakeem how about how about mb has mb i don't know he only got 70 yet come on now um think 
Thank give me, you. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. You've got uh, so a so who do we got left? We got one, two, three, four, five, six more to go. Uh we got three, we got four from like the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties. Uh one guy from the two thousands and one oh. guy who's still playing. Kareem. Kareem, yes, number nine, okay, seventy. Duh. I I don't know why I did not say this. Um <clears throat> this is a long shot. Big guy. Carl Malone? No. No. I was a little bit surprised. I thought I thought he might have stuck on there, but no. Um one who's currently playing that I have not that I've not picked yet. Um it's probably three guys you're gonna think of, and you're probably gonna say the other two first and forget this guy. Oh, Kevin Durant. Nope. Really? Yeah, he's just How many off. Does he have? He's 69. Just off. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mellow? No. Dude. 40 point, 70, 40 point game. 70 is a massive number. Yeah. Okay. And he's and he cleared it. This guy, the guy who's still playing, obviously cleared the seventy point mark. Seventy. Yeah. Uh, Somebody still playing absolutely cleared the seven, 70 games with forty points or more. You wouldn't think of him so much of a scorer anymore. That's interesting. Um, so he's an older player, obviously, and forty points more. All right, he's an old guy. You wouldn't think of him as a scorer anymore. Another hint. I'm failing. I mean, uh, let's see. He's a, uh, he's a uh, like he likes to trade. <laughs> he likes to trade. Uh, he's still in the league, or he's a, a GM. He's still... no, he's still in the league. He likes a trade, is what I said. He likes to trade. I already oh. said LeBron. Yeah, you did. LeBron doesn't like to trade. LeBron <laughs> likes to trade. He likes to trade his, his teammate. Um, come on, man, dude. This is gonna kill me. This is why I hate this because it's gonna be the most obvious answer. Um, just traded this past off season. <laughs> no, not sorry, during the regular season. During the regular season. Um. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe he has more forty-point gains than Kevin Durant. Do you want to say James the answer? Harden? Yes, James Harden has 101. Wow. The fourth most. I mean, time. those Rockets, those Rockets days. Those yeah. Rockets days. His MVP season was. Like like, he probably had like 80 of those with the Houston Rockets, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember there's a portion of the season where he was averaging like 38 a game. Okay, so you got wow. one more, one more guy. Um he was an MVP but never won a ring. Played predominantly in the two thousands. MVP but never won a ring. MVP but never won a ring. Played in the two thousands. It's not mellow. Um, MVP in the two thousands. Um, oh, wait, two thousand. What about that? Was he? Did he play in the nineties at all? He was drafted in the nineties, but you wouldn't really remember him from then. Reggie Miller? No. He was shocked in the 80s. 
Come on, man. Come on, man. Uh, who won? Oh, 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 oh. Allen Iverson. Bingo. 79, the six most all time. 79. Right. We've got one, two, three to go. Yeah, they played predominantly 60s and 70s. That's funny. My, my Apple Watch is trying to help me out here. Um, gave me the number 79. That doesn't help, Siri. <laughs> I got three more to go. Yeah. These guys Charles... played in the 60s and 70s. Think about the biggest stars from then that weren't that you haven't that you haven't talked about already. Oh, Jerry West. No, uh, not Jerry West. Who's next? <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of in the same the same. You think of the same? I said Wilt, didn't mm-hmm. I? I said Wilt. Um, Oscar Robertson. Bingo. Number seven. Okay. Seventy-seven. So we got um, a Laker and a Warrior. Laker and a Warrior. Laker and a Warrior. So the Laker would be. The Laker would not be uh, Magic. It would not would be sixties and seventies, baby. Yeah. I'm gonna throw a wild one out. Alex mm-hmm. English. It's not Alex English. That's that, that's a good guess. That is a good guess. He's not like Alex English. English Loki, like uh, like uh, like NBA players, like one of their favorite players. Like that's why I know the name. He's he's yeah. so a lot. Um, after the fadeaway. All right, I'm gonna give you ten more seconds and see if you can get either one. The Lakers, 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 Lakers. Dude, no, I I don't got it. It's not there. I'm done. I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. I'll take, okay. it. I'll take an 80. You got you got 80. 8 out of 10. You missed out on Elgin Baylor, who had oh. 88, and Rick Barry, who had exactly 70. Oh, I was never getting that. I was yeah, never getting that's, Rick Barry. That's fair. Ever. That's that's so fair. Elgin Baylor, though, yeah, I should have had. Yeah. I should have had Elgin Baylor. 8 out of 10, though. You, you, you did well. I passed. The Harden one just took way too long, but uh, outside, outside of that, it was... Uh, it was, it was a good effort. Good, good uh, Harden, effort. This is one of the funny ones. Like, he's so far removed from MVP Harden that mm-hmm. Like people forget, I don't think like when when Melo was in his last couple of years, people are like forgot. Yeah, you still I kind mean, of thought of Melo always as a scorer, and now he just would hire and he's gone from thinking of him as a scorer and thinking of him as a playmaker. That's just uh, yeah. he kind of he kind of goes out of their mind like that. Which is when you said that, I was thinking like big man, like defensive guy. Yeah, Harden. Yeah, yeah. Got there in the end. Solid, a solid, a solid eight out of ten. I'll, uh, that's a that's a that's a good that's a that's a good run in, in return to the quizzes, but uh. Who has think, the most? Who has the most? Will Chamberlain, two hundred and seventy-one. Obviously. Who has the second most? MJ, one hundred and seventy-three. Oh, not even close. A hundred, almost like over 100 100 over a hundred. <laughs> or That's sorry, insane. almost hundred. Nine ninety-eight more. Yeah. That's insane. Third, Kobe. How many did he have? One twenty-two. So he's about fifty. Was he fifty-one behind MJ? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The fact that Harden is really up there is, is very yeah. Harden's the only other one over hundred. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty <laughs> impressive. And like no one, no one else is really even even close. And not like like I don't like Curry, Curry and Durant. There, Curry has sixty eight. Durant's got sixty nine. Like I don't think they're gonna even get close to the the hundred mark yet for the rest of their for the rest of their careers probably. Mm, maybe yeah. I, I think Curry. I think Curry could get there. I think Curry could score, like. Mm. 40 points. 40, 40 points. I mean, 40 is that points like it's like, like, yeah, like how, but how often he'll score like 35 plus 36 would not actually get to 40. Like, you need to, I know, 40. Like, like, 40 like, 40 points, I feel like, like, 
Grant Williams can score like 40 points a night and be like, oh, wow, cool. Then go about my day. And like five years ago, someone drops 40 points. And you're like, if that meant something, I, I think you could get there. But yeah, educational. I need to hit my history books again. But uh, I passed. Yeah, I survived. Passing rate. You made it. You made it. You didn't get. You didn't get too stretched out, which is always a, uh, which is always good. But uh, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. We're back to basketball. We're done with the All Star break. Thank God. We're heading towards crunch time. We shall see. Timberwolves don't count them out. Bucks don't count them out. Warriors can they make a push? We shall see. And when they do, we'll be here to cover it all for you. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. And remember. If you like what you're hearing, we are everywhere on social media at Coast to Coast NBA. And most importantly, remember to take every shot and love every moment.